can always not tell us. That's it doesn't have to be. <laughs> told. Has to be told. No, it doesn't. The story must be stopping. The elders have foretold. <laughs> Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Literally Literary. With us, as always, Mr. Charval. I am Joey Bonnier, and here he is. If he's not laughing, he's crying. Sean O'Brien. My lip wasn't curling. That was weird. That was. It wasn't bad. It was, yeah. You said crying before. You've done crying. No. Okay. I've done trying and lying. Okay. He ain't lying. My lip wouldn't curl. I was trying to do like a sad, like, like the it the yeah. clown. The it clown has a oh sorry, Pennywise. Mm. Pennywise the clown. Pennywise has a little lip thing going. Have on. you seen the movie? We went together, Sean and I. That's yeah. right. We all went the same day, yeah. not together. Pretty much at the same time, not together. <laughs> really? Yeah. Where did you see it? Uh, we went to the 4DX theater downtown. Um, nice. Why did you choose that theater? Because uh, Joey had never been at the 4DX, so okay. we decided that it would be a good experience. But uh, I didn't realize that it wasn't a 3D movie, so yeah, we, no. got, uh, we got screwed out of a D. It was still only three dimensions. Got it. But, so it was just 4XD. Um, no. What, what happens in the fourth dimension? Do they spit at you and shit like that? They spit and they shake and they blow no, smoke they at you. And, yes, they yeah, do. The chairs did rock. Did they do and, that shit? Yeah. No, they did yes, it. They yeah. did. Actually, the the one. Really, <laughs> How much is the ticket? Uh, it's like twenty five bucks each. Oh uh, yeah, that's, like, that's like, I'm, I'm okay. I don't want to see that shit. Um, but well, like the one really cool aspect of it was like when they would do a crane shot and the sh- the camera starts like lifting sure. up. Yeah. The the chairs kind of lift and tilt a little bit. It really kind of accentuates the feel of like you know actually flying over a city and stuff like that. Um, there is some. Yeah, some like nice when there's snap. a zoom in, they also kind of tilt yeah. down, so they put you on the edge of your seat a little bit. It like forces you to lit- like your weight is on the front of your seat. Yeah, but then there's little, the little thumper massagers in the back that like when the person gets thrown against the wall, you get like kicked in the back, and that's kind of weird. I don't like any of this. Yeah, let me just say I don't like any. I of wasn't this. a fan either. Do you know why? Why? I don't even want to go into it. Chicken thigh? No, it's stupid. I it's just no, it's dumb. I think it's dumb. You I, hate like, the novelty you, stuff. It's not a novelty. It's, just, it's oh, so, uh, ruining the purity of the art form. Not even that. It's, it's a so, visual medium. I don't even want to get into the whole like fucking you know the, my my teacher. I don't want to put my teacher hat on, but but it, it, it I is feel literally like it take, literary. I feel yeah, like there's any time to do it. I feel like it would take me out of the movie, and anytime it takes me, anytime oh, yeah. you, anytime it takes you out of the movie, mm-hmm. it is detrimental. It is not engrossing. It is mm-hmm. not whatever. And now, if you were talking about like a fucking total VR like situation right. where you're literally in the movie that's fair okay uh, that's a different situation like at least yeah. now it's like okay fine you're getting hit with stuff or now it's now it's whatever even if you don't even if you know it's not real it's mm-hmm. fine but this seems like such a kitschy stupid fucking way to do it honestly i think it's just because it's novel right now um if this was yeah i guess well in, in, the thing is like i've only done it twice now i saw the um uh, uh dangerous creatures and where to find them or whatever the harry potter one mm. Um, Fantastic Beasts. Whatever, same difference. Sure. Um, <laughs> so the uh, uh, that one was actually in 3D, and then they added the 4D on top. Okay. And um, because I've only done it twice, I was like very engrossed in the technology and how they were kind of like making things work together. Sure. But I do think that at at a point it is uh, it does uh, add to the enjoyment. So okay. I, I do think that there is certainly a place for it. But oh, there's ways um, to employ it where it doesn't. Yeah, take you out it of can it. Be, absolutely. I'm well, just like 3D, it can be thing. done right. It's yeah, just, for sure. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So what did you think of the movie, though, itself? 
Jazz um, like it. Yeah, had you guys seen the 93 version? No. Yeah. You had not, Joe. No. Wow. Okay. So this is your first like introduction to except for I literally knew nothing about except for the literally literary that I listened to. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah, that's fair. Okay. So that was the only one you had seen. So okay. Mm. Then what did you think? Were you not on that literally? He was. No, I was on it. I I listened. You said you listened to it, so I just I I vaguely paid attention during the episode. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, Um, Me too. (laughs) (laughs) The boat went down the river. Chapter two. If I remember correctly. And then it went down the sewer, and then the fucking clown scared the shit out of me. Then we all float down here. Um, I Georgie. I, I thought which, I, he didn't say then, which pissed me off. Yes, he yeah. did. He said Georgie. No, no, he didn't say mm-hmm. we all float down here. When uh, he was in the when he was it, no, no, he did later. But okay. when he was in the sewer, uh, calling Georgie down sure? to me, that was like the key moment to do it. That's I thought he did it right before he bid him or whatever. Nope. You sure? Okay, I, maybe I'm wrong. Yeah, I'd bet a lot of money on it. I, I believe you. I don't know, man. Mm. God. Anyways, so what did you? I, think I liked it. I thought it was good. I'm not Triple. scared. I, I was a little scared at first. I thought I would be after the first time of their big tricks. Like I saw, it was almost like I compared it to like a boxing match. Like after the first round, the boxer threw his biggest punches, and I was able to absorb them. So yeah. I wasn't really scared after the first ten minutes or so. I knew all their tricks: okay. the jump scares and Pennywise just like kind of running at you with his Basically, scary like yeah, face, the ring shaking. girl thing. Yeah, the shaking thing. That's so yeah, stupid. I, I don't it. like that much. Okay, thank you. Yeah. It, it doesn't. I don't find it scary. It no. takes me out of it. Yeah, it yeah. takes me out of the fucking movie. You might as well do a fucking star wipe. Like exactly, <laughs> exactly. No, that's a perfect example. Exactly. Yeah. I have. I'm just like okay, cool. That the clown actually isn't coming at me. Yeah. It's the weird movie. I'm in a movie now. Yeah. God damn it. Mm. I was scared, and now I'm in a movie. Yeah. And I'm just watching a movie. I'm not scared anymore. Yeah. What's What's the scariest movie you've ever seen? Seeing King's it <laughs> the 93 version mm. wow yeah that was the scare that was I, the only I remember movie being really scared, scared of that me. when i was a kid that's certainly. the only movie that ever scared me that was 93 i thought close. it was 90 i think it's 93 okay. but i could be wrong uh wow okay i i didn't realize it was that big a deal uh because i just seen hey, maybe it was 90 anyway go ahead tim My, curry was Pennywise. yeah totally that's great it Pennywise. Wasn't so so and and actually this gets me into the whole thing which it's it's so it's this version of the movie was so different from mm. the night from the the 90s version of it yeah which I haven't fully read the book I've like skipped through a lot of it oh. but I, I haven't read the book itself mm. and I don't know how similar it is to either but the weirdest thing is that thinking back in general and really kind of contemplating and meditating on it it really is the perfect modern horror movie or horror story. It, it is a yeah the, the current one the cur- no no it as a concept okay why is perfect as a scary and keep in mind this this episode will come out in october by the way but mm-hmm. but why because it, it, this 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 creature adapts to whatever you're most afraid of and i don't remember a, a lot of the parts in this it were not in the old it so mm-hmm. therefore it and they were just kind of as scary in you know they're two iterations of it and wow. 27 years apart These and and it, and it always kind of like come huh iterations sorry Good, yeah, a nice little pun. The, the, and and Don't so, give me credit for that. and the fact that it's redone, yeah, I can't take credit. I'm sorry, no, no pun intended, but pun accepted. Mm. The, um, either way, understood. The, the idea persists, right? This sort of oddly pedophilic clown that adapts to whatever you're most afraid of and always returns every 27 years mm-hmm. is a perfect modern fable. It is perfect, and I can't think of any horror story better than. Yeah, it made me also think about the history of clowns because they talk about like this event in like, I don't know, 19, whatever it was, 1920 or something like that, like that Easter. Oh, the, the, the starting. Yeah, whatever event. it was. Yeah. But yeah. it made me think the clowns really haven't changed that much in 
I don't know, hundreds of years to be honest, right? But they've had like just a hundred years, sure. not hundreds of years. But, but I'm yeah. just saying the basic makeup and you know exaggerated yeah. features. Yeah. Once Ringling started our, uh, going around, like, yeah, they tune back of, to our history of clowns. Totally, yeah, tune back to our Stephen King's epi- it, like it episode where we talked about the history of clowns and the August versus but the when, white face. But I wonder if it was, and I don't know this, but I wonder when clowns became a little scarier. Was it because of this story? No, clowns have always been terrifying. It's just a really? question of like, sort of. I yeah. don't know. Well, it's a question yeah, of like, the really mask. So. It's the it's the un yeah. You think people were scared like of bozo in like the sixties and shit? No, people weren't afraid of bozo, but but it was probably John Wayne Gacy is really what like uh, triggered. That makes a lot it. more sense. Yeah, but that's what that like 80s? kind of created that. Yeah, no. eighties. It was actually late seventies, I think. Yeah, no, Gacy was earlier than that. I thought uh, earlier early, than that. Early seventies, I, so. I think. Uh, all right, seventies, eighties. Let's just say that. Definitely not the eighties. Okay. okay. What's your guess, guys? Seventy three. Seventy eight. Wow, very good. Both of you could get perfect guesses. Between 72 and 78. <laughs> so, 76. Anyway, I have... Anyway. Good, good guesses. Hey, hey. What, Which was it? It was between 72 and 78. That's the time period that he did it. Oh, no shit. Okay. <laughs> so you guys both were pretty accurate. That makes sense. My I, darling snowflakes. <laughs> first of all, remember to, remember to follow us at Politinkering on the Twitters there. You can also go to podcast.com. Check out all of our other shows. Follow Joey at, uh, at josephbonnier.twitter and uh, Sean at call and text later. Um, you can also uh, donate to our PayPal page. But in the meantime, I have books. Jesus yes. Christ. So I have. You mean this isn't a show about it? I have Stephen King's It. (laughs) (laughs) Being October, I have it with it. Mm -hmm. Um, I also have uh, both copies of The Stand, as um, we talked about in that It episode. (laughs) Uh, uh, Stan, was it Stan Tough? uh... Stan! (laughs) Okay. I have a... Does Stephen King own that font? I feel like everything in that font has to be a Stephen King book. Uh, well, no, it was the same publisher that like always does the thing because it's like whatever Stephen King's thing is, and I guess it's um yeah, it's fucking uh, supermarket yeah. trash. Exactly. Um, I also have uh, uh, the Wrestler's Cruel Study by uh, Stephen fuck? Dubbins, which I can't believe I haven't brought before, but this will be a lot is of that fun. The guy from Freakonomics? No, mm. that's Stephen Dubner, I think. Mm. David I have, St. Hubbins? I have Dubliners by James Joyce. Jesus There's a little Halloween action that I have. Uh, the complete plays of Christopher Marlowe. So you thought this would be a Halloween episode? Dr. Faustus. No, I just, it's October. Uh, all October I have uh, Edgar Allan Poe's The Fall of the Hasha of, of Usher and Other Writings. Usher? Uh, that uh, dicks my age. Bloody Mary and Other, and Tales for Other Dark Nights. By who? Stefan. It's just a bunch of people. Oh. No, it's like, it's a bunch of different stories. Oh, gotcha. um, I have uh, The Great Gatsby by F. Scott Fitzgerald. Man, F. Scott Fitzgerald. I think that's kind of it. I mean, like, <laughs> he's still searching for out Yeah, he's else. digging through his. Uh, bottom I of the have barrel. a lot of other books. That, he's got a bag but, of holding yeah, but, there. But like, it occurred to me, like, it's like whatever. Well, no, you know, but it's fine. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. I have a lot of other books, but let's not even deal with it. These are the books I have. Right so they're they are before you, uh, for your pleasure. What are we eating tonight? I forgot. Uh, pizza. I want I want alcohol. Mm. Can someone okay. get me alcohol while we choose? Oh, I'll get alcohol. You guys deliberate. I'm gonna get alcohol. You guys deliberate. Okay. Do you really? remember where we left off in it? No, I think I, you, like the first chapter uh, or something. Apparently, O'Brien does. Do you really want to read it? I mean, we spent the first like twenty minutes talking about it. You're right. It'd be kind of like a huge cock tease not to, especially when he like whips it out as his first thunderous book. I feel like you're right, but the only other option I thought was maybe the stand because I have no idea what it's about. Oh. Stand, and, and it's still Stephen King. So yeah, it's kind of on topic, but mm. uh, I'm on board with either. I don't know. What do you think, Obey? 
Yeah, you're going to do what you want anyway. Stephen King's it. Yeah. Okay. And that is not true. I will do what you tell me to do. <laughs> and Stephen King is not it. I'm putting the other books away. Okay, great. <laughs> oh my God, get your shit together. What's wrong with Dead Air? It's called Room Tone. Stephen yeah. King's it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, okay, let's let's leave. Let's pick up where we left off, and we can release it sooner rather than later, maybe. Jesus <laughs> Christ. Where do we leave off? Do you know? I yeah, I so do. Much. I do. Well, um, can you refresh us what was going on? I forgot. I can. Um, we read the entire first chapter, which is four parts. Um, so it's no first longer October. Pages. We skipped through. Wait, are we not in October anymore? We did. Are... We just time travel. Oh yeah, you're right. It's up to you, man. This should come out October first. Whatever, oh, October. Well, let me check. Let me let me check a calendar. Jesus Christ! This is important to do on oh air, guys. Really God. important to do. Listeners love this stuff. Wait, should we do it now or in October? What oh would be better? Because like it is out and it's relevant. Or sh- I, sausage. What hey, is it? Do you like my sausage? <laughs> Put it out whenever you want. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> well, anyway. invariably, that's what happens. I don't care. I don't care. See how much I don't care. So we, exactly. we began with chapter one after the flood, which mm-hmm. is the which boat takes went down place the river. in 1957. The first part of which was the boat went down the river. Mm. Then finally, we met Georgie, and we had that whole horrific. First oh, scene. that's right. The, in the book, it was 1957 was when Georgie disappeared. Exactly. Ah. Gotcha. Um, now this is actually very fitting that we're going into this now. So mm. the the very last thing we read in that, and we can actually even put them both out at the same time if you want. Oh, the other thing I wanted to say about the movie is that stranger. Stranger Things did it better. Okay. So it didn't. Good take. It didn't. Sorry. It didn't. (laughs) Stranger Things did Stranger Things thing. Bunch of kids defeating a monster. Neither did, oh God, you're going to get me started. Okay. (laughs) So for those of you who haven't seen the movie It, the the new one, what they do is they, so normally the original version of It, um, the childhood takes place in the 50s. The modern day version takes place in the 80s. This iteration of It, pun intended this time, takes the childhood version takes place in the 80s and part two, presumably, whenever they make it, will take place in modern day version, whatever it is. So whatever, 27 years after after 1988, mm-hmm. which would be, Joey? Uh, was it, I thought it was 89, but maybe you're right. Maybe it was 80, uh, 2015. Okay. Yeah. Maybe it was 89 because 2016 sounds more reasonable. Yeah. Anyway, it doesn't matter. No idea. So, yeah, that's the thing. Um, but I guess also as another take, I don't even know what the next version is going to be. Like, I don't know if I want to see a whole movie of just the adults. No. It sounds yeah, dumb. Like, exactly. I, from the 90s version of it, it sounds stupid. Like, I don't, I don't want to see the adult version. The adult yeah, I thought the yeah. whole idea was of it. Yeah, I thought I like the. Well, first of all, I thought the whole idea was it only. First of all, only uh, kids can see it. Is that right? Well, okay, yes and no. Um, in this current story, no. Like the adults who dealt with him. So the the kids, all the kids who kind of like battled it when they were kids, mm. can very much see him when they're older. That's the whole point of the book. In yeah. the book, basically, I I yeah, they know a- the adults deal with them. The adults, like, and, and but the, only if they had seen him as a kid, right? I, they don't really okay. go into that. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I guess, but everyone like, that we're introduced to, yeah, see, everyone yeah. we know, if they didn't die, then we yeah, just yeah. we continue to see them. But it, it, there is this mirroring effect, and and honestly, in the book, there's this great metaphor thing that they have, like the kids' version of the library and the adult part of the library are separated mm. by a glass floor slash ceiling, mm. and so there's this odd like link between the two that you can never really get through, and yet are always connected to. Mm. Um, and that's that's really what the book is about is dealing with childhood well, with like dealing with childhood trauma as an adult. <laughs> of course it is, but in this it's very specific as we said in the it episode. But the 
the, the book is done in such a way where you're constantly flashing back and forth between adulthood and childhood all the way through. Oh, I see. So isn't like that the, more how the 90s movie was? Yes and no. The conclusion of the childhood like climax happens in the middle. Okay. So it happens at the end of the first movie. Mm. Whereas in the book, it ha- both endings happen at the same time. Gotcha. So it ha- it builds to this like constant crescendo of gotcha. terror, like constantly. Yeah, yeah. And I again, I haven't read the book, but <laughs> but more importantly, I don't know. I I'm very curious to see. I don't know. I'm not even curious. I don't care. I don't mm. care about the adult part absent the kid element. Hmm. You know what I mean? I'd yeah. rather see an intercut for. I'd rather just read the book. Yeah. Which is what I have in my hands. So should we read the orgy scene? <laughs> if you want, that's called no. the, the chud. Yeah. The, 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 the something. Chud? The, what, yeah, it's the chud, the chud, I guess. The ritual of chud oh. is what that chapter's called. Oh, that's what that, that orgy scene is in that chapter. But um, so You what, know exactly where it is. I do. Jesus. So it's at the end of the book. It's the, it's a, it's the climax, no pun intended, at all. Because childhood. Okay. okay. Jesus Christ. I'm going to take a sip of alcohol. Yeah. Oh. If you don't intend the pun, maybe just move along with it. You know? I can't help what puns there come. Um, <laughs> so we read the first four parts of chapter one, which was after the flood and took place in 1997. The last thing we read was um, the boat dipped in Swede and sometimes took on water, but it did not sink. The two brothers had waterproofed it well. Did you just go back and listen? Like, why do you know that? I remember it. But yes, I also did listen a, a couple weeks ago. Okay, Nerd. I do not know where it finally fetched up, if it ever did. Perhaps it reached the sea and sails there forever, like a magic boat in a fairy tale. All I know is that it was still afloat and still running on the breast of the flood when it passed the incorporated town limits of Derry, Maine. And there it passes out of this tale forever. So that was all in 1957, the end of the whole Georgie part. Hmm. Georgie. Chapter two. <laughs> so we literally had like uh, three sentences before the end of the chapter. Yeah, we I just figured I'd I'd just start that part and then chapter two. Oh, we did end at the end of chapter. The- oh, we ended at the cha- the okay. end of chapter one. Yeah, <laughs> gotcha. I'm just bringing us up to speed. <laughs> okay. So now chapter two. Mm. After the festival, 1984. Ooh. So this is the adult adults. part. The adults. The adults. This is where it gets good. No, this is where it gets stupid. (laughs) Yeah, totally. It's just, anyway. One. The reason Adrian was wearing wearing the hat, his sobbing boyfriend would later tell the police, was because he had won it in the pitch till you win stall, the uh, Bassey Park Fairgrounds, just six days before his death. He was proud of it. He was wearing it because he loved this shitty little town, the boyfriend, Don Haggerty, screamed at the cops. Now, now, there's no need for that sort of language, Officer Harold Gardner told Haggerty. Harold Gardner was one of Dave Gardner's four sons. On the day his father had discovered the lifeless, one-armed body of George Denborough, Harold Gardner had been five. On this day, almost 27 years later, he was 32 and balding. Harold Gardner recognized the reality of Don Haggerty's grief and pain, and at the same time found it impossible to take seriously. This man, if you want to call him a man, was wearing lipstick and satin pants so tight you could almost read the wrinkles in his cock. Grief or no grief, pain or no pain. People are clowns. He was, after all, just queer. Like his friend, the late Adrian Mellon. Let's go through it again, Harold's partner, Jeffrey Reeves, said. The two of you came out of the Falcon and turned toward Canal. Then what? (laughs) How many times do I have to tell you idiots? Haggerty was still screaming. They killed him! 
They pushed him over the side. Just another day in Macho City for them. Don Haggerty began to cry. One more time, Reeves repeated patiently. You came out of the Falcon. Then what? Two. In an interrogation room just down the hall, two dairy cops were speaking with Steve Dubé, 17, <laughs> and the clerk... In the clerk of Probate's <laughs> office sorry. upstairs. The idea of a dairy cop. Just, is this milk sour? I don't know. Sorry. Two boys were questioning John Webby. Just three weeks back to expiration. 18. And in the chief of police's office on the fifth floor, Chief Andrew Raidmacher and Assistant District Attorney Tom Boutier. Uh, Boutier. Boutier? I don't know. Bonnier. B O U T I L L I E R. Pronounced Bonnier. Boutier. We're questioning 15-year-old Christopher Unwin. Unwin, who wore faded jeans, a grease-smeared T-shirt, a blo- and bloggy engineer boots, was weeping. Riedmacher and Boutier were, had taken him because he had what quite, are engineer boots? quite accurately assessed him in the weak link of the chain. Um, I, I think it's like uh, like skinhead boots, basically. Like, like, uh, like military boots? Yeah, no, like, like steel-toed boots? boots. Yeah, like workman boots. Okay. Steel-toed boots. Okay. I think, at least. Right? What did I read again? Elect- engineer boots? Yeah, engineer boots. Joey is looking it up and showing a picture of. They seem to have uh, buckles rather than um, uh, any sort of uh, lacings or anything like that. Uh, right on. So like uh, popular among motorcycle riders. Yeah, it's it's like a, a cowboy boot without with a blunt uh, tip with some buckles. Okay. It protects your ankles. Yeah, yeah picture like, like 80s, a cop's motorcycle boots. It's like, it's like boots. 80s fucking Sid, like Sid Vicious boots, basically. Uh, yeah, ish. That's exactly what they said. They're later adapted by skinheads and punks in the 70s. Yeah, yeah exactly. there you go. By the way, do you know why? So skinheads, like, so a quick little skinhead story. <laughs> um, the, the what's it called? The whole is idea. Is your knowledge in the, or your time in the clan? Or? No, this is the, just history of skinheads. And so in, in, in Great Britain and kind of like in that. 80s era Mm -hmm. the idea of it was a sort of working class um persona essentially so it wasn't a racist thing at the time it was literally just like working class blue collar Mm -hmm. so um they would shave their heads because factory workers couldn't have long hair they Mm -hmm. had to have like buzzed hair because it didn't get caught in the machines and steel-toed boots and jeans and all this like tight machine like tight clothing was so it didn't get caught and um and the steel-toed boots were, you know, so it, you didn't get your fucking foot broken when right. heavy machinery and steel dropped down there. Um, anyway, th- it was that just was just the lazy th- kids that thought it was cool, yeah, like a hipster the, sort of thing. It's just how the style was yeah. adopted, and yeah. of course, it took on this later like horrific racist connotation. But anyway, mm-hmm. that's that's the the origins of 1980s punk dress and skinhead dress. I'm gonna take a drink. Because I need it after that shit. Why is it that you know so much about? Because uh, the- he was a greaser. Isn't that's obvious, uh, right? He beat up all the socias. Like everything else. I, <laughs> like everything else. I don't know, man. I, I don't know. It was, he was it in was, the chess club. I wanted to know how I was not in the chess club. In, in no, sixth grade, I think I was in chess club, mm. and that was it. I was but actually in the chess club. I was in the in radio high school? club. Yeah. How have we never played chess before? Would you destroy me at chess? No. Oh, okay. I'd beat you. Barely? Fair enough. Fair Just enough. barely? <laughs> Just barely. <laughs> Is that by design? Are you a hustler? Yes. You're a, Let's go through it again. You're a terrible hustler. You just said you'd win. Why would I bet you? <laughs> you go to like a pool hall and you're like, you're like, totally you probably kick all your ass. Like I'm definitely better than you, but you should. Well, I guess that's maybe a good bet because I probably would bet you by you. Anyway, yeah, it depends on the. I've uh, just psychology. completely mind blown you. Let's go through it again. 
Baltier said in the Blow office. Whoever you want. <laughs> just as Jeffrey Reeves was saying the same thing two floors down. <sighs> we didn't mean to kill him, Unwin blubbered. It was the hat. We couldn't believe he was still wearing the hat after, you know, after what Webby said the first time. And I guess we wanted to scare him. For what he said, Chief Rademacher interjected. Yes. To John Garden on the afternoon of the 17th? Yes, to Webby. Unwin burst into fresh tears. But we, we tried to save him when we saw he was in trouble. At least me and Steve Dubé did. We didn't mean to kill him. Come on, Chris, don't shit us, Boutier said. You threw the little queer into the canal. Yes, but... And the three of you came to make a clean breast of things, Chief Rademacher, and I appreciate that, don't we, Andy? Clean rest of things? Clean breast of things, sorry. That makes less sense. Clean breast. Like a clean breast. Like a, you know, I don't know. A breast. Like, like, a, yeah. like a woman like, in a shower? Uh, yes. Okay, I get that. You bet. Takes a man to own up to what he did, Chris. So don't fuck yourself. So don't fuck yourself by lying now. You meant to throw him over the minute you saw him and his fag buddy come out of the Falcon, didn't you? No! Chris Unwin protested vehemently. Boutier took a pack of Marlboros from his shirt pocket and stuck one in his mouth. He offered the pack to Unwin. Cigarette? Unwin took one. Boutier had to chase the tip with a match in order to give him a, to give him a light because of the way Unwin's mouth was trembling. Is that why there's such a big division between police and citizens these days? You can't offer someone a cigarette anymore? But when you saw he was wearing the hat, Radmacher asked. How else do you broker the peace? Unwig dragged deep, lowered his head so that his greasy hair fell in his eyes, and jetted smoke from his nose, which was littered with blackheads. Yeah, he said, almost too softly to be heard. Bautier leaned forward, brown eyes gleaming. His face was predatory, but his voice was gentle. What, Chris? I said yes. I guess so. To throw him in. But not to kill him. He looked up at them, face frantic and miserable and still unable to comprehend the stupendous changes which had taken place in his life since he left the house to take the last night of Darius, Can Darius Canal Day's festival. Uh, with two of his buddies at 7.30 the previous evening. Not to kill him, he repeated. And that guy under the bridge, I still don't know who he was. What guy was that? Rodmecker asked, but without much interest. They had heard this part before as well, and neither of them believed it. Sooner or later, men accused, uh, men accused of murder almost always dragged that mysterious other guy. Bautier even had a name for it. He called it the one-armed man syndrome after that old TV series, The Fugitive. Or that new movie about to come out. The guy in the clown suit, Chris Unwood said and shivered. The guy with the balloons. Three. Total fucking clown shoes. The Canal Days Festival, which ran from July 15th to July 21st, had been a rousing success. Most dairy residents agreed. A great thing for the city's morale, image, and pocketbook. A week-long festival was pegged to mark the, cent uh, the centenary of opening the canal, which ran through the middle of downtown. It had been the canal which had fully opened dairy to the lumber trade in the years 1884 to 1910. It had been the canal which had birthed dairy's boom years. 
The town was spruced up from east to west and north to south. Potholes, which some residents swore hadn't been patched for ten years or more, were neatly filled with hot top and rolled smooth. The town buildings were refurbished on the inside, repainted on the outside. The worst of the graffiti in Bassey Park, much of it coolly, logically, much of it cool. Yeah, coolly, logically anti-gay sentiments, such as, Kill all queers! And, AIDS from God, you hellbound homos! Was sandaled off the benches and and wooden walls of the little, little covered walkway over the canal known as Kissing Bridge. A Canal Days museum was installed in the three empty storefronts downtown and filled with exhibits by Michael Hanlon, a local librarian and amateur historian, the town's oldest families loaned freely of their almost priceless treasures, and during the week of the festival, nearly 40,000 visitors had paid a quarter each to look at eating house menus from the 1890s. Aren't librarians Log- kind of naturally historians? That's fair. Loggers' bits, axes, and peavies from the 1880s, children's toys from the 1920s, and over 2,000 photographs. What's a peavy? P-E-A-V-E-Y-S. It's a shitty amp. Really? Yeah. It's a horrible amplifier. PVs from the, uh, a terrible amplifier from the 1880s. Children's tours <laughs> from the 1920s. And over 2,000 photographs and nine reels of movie film. Dude, no, that Tesla shit was tight. As it had been in Derry over the last hundred years. The museum was sponsored by the Derry's Ladies Society, which vetoed home, which vetoed some of Hanlon's proposed exhibits, such as the notorious Tramp Chair from the 1930s. And photographs. That sounds hot such as those of the Bradley gang after the notorious shootout. But all agreed it was a great success. And no one really wanted to see those gory old things anyway. It was so much better to accentuate the positive and eliminate the negative, as the old song said. What do you got, Bonner? What's it about? He was just showing me that PV is an actual fucking uh, amplifier maker. Yeah, that was the joke. Oh, no, but I was asking what does it actually refer to, though? What's the PV from 1860s? I, I don't know that. That's, that's what I assumed. You were Googling the thing you didn't know. Well, you started talking about it, and I wasn't, re- I wasn't ready. I didn't assume you were Googling to prove your point. We believe there's a fucking amplifier. <laughs> there was a huge striped refreshment tent in Derry Park and band concerts there every night. In Bassey Park, there was a carnival with rides by Smokey Greater, Smokey's Greater Shows and games run by local town folk. A special tram car circled the historic sections of the town every hour on hour and ended up at this gaudy and amiable monkey machine. It was there that Adrian Mellon won the hat which would get him killed. The paper top hat with a flower and the band which said, I heart dairy. Okay, maybe this is it. A lumberman's lever that has a pivoting hook arm and a metal spike at one end. Yeah, it's for moving logs. Yep. With leverage. Four. The boat went down the river. I'm tired, John Webby Garten said. Like his two friends, he was dressed in unconscious imitation of Bruce Springsteen. Although, if asked, he would probably call Springsteen a wimp or a fagola and would instead profess admiration for such bitchin' heavy metal groups as Def Leppard, Twisted Sister, Judas Priest. The sleeves of his plain blue T-shirt were worn off, showing his heavy muscled, heavily muscled arms. His thick brown hair fell over one eye. This touch was more John Cougar Mellencamp than Springsteen. There were blue tattoos on his arms, arcane symbols which looked as if they had been drawn by a child. 
You think those choices of music say more about the character or more about Ke- Stephen King's uh, awareness of that music at that time? Awareness or, or like... I feel like, like those bands aren't actually like hard rock in today's uh, sort of no, they're view. Not. So Leopard, like, he said they were heavy metal. Sister, Judas you, Priest? Yeah. They're hard the rock. Time, they're not heavy metal. At they, the time they were metal. At the time, they didn't really have much death metal. They barely yeah, had metal. Yeah, that was I, metal. Well, no, I feel like those bands are like the ones that you would have listed if you were writing a book about someone that was there, rather than if you were actually engrossed in that at the time. But this was written. Oh, I see. I, it doesn't seem true. It just seems like his um, sort of, uh, I don't know, pigeonholing of those types of people. Well, there are people who do think that Def Leppard is I'm heavy sure, metal, yeah. and they're no, lame. Just, I mean, I guess this was written in like you know two years. This was written eighty six, right? Eighty eighty six. Yeah, very good. Um, but I think, but I, at the very end, it was yeah. It it, it was be, this book was begun in Bangor, Maine, on September 9th, nineteen eighty one, and mm-hmm. completed in Bangor, Maine, on December twenty eighth, nineteen eighty five. So eighty one to eighty five. Yeah, and it's set in eighty four. I'm just saying, it feels like you know an old dude writing about those young kids. And, no, I mean you know that 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 crazy hip and hop and music they listen to. <laughs> I don't want to talk no more. <laughs> Just tell us about Tuesday afternoon at the fair, Paul Hughes said. Hughes was tired and shocked and dismayed by this whole sordid business. He thought again and again that it was as if Derry Canal days ended with one final event which everyone had somehow known about, but which no one had quite dared to put down on the daily program of events. If they had, it would have looked like this. Sunday, 9 o'clock p.m. Band concert featuring the Derry High School Band and the Barbershop Mellow uh, Men, Saturday, 10 p.m. Giant Fireworks Show, Saturday, 10.35 p.m. Ritual Sacrifice of Adrian Mello officially ends Canal Days. Fuck the fair, Webby replied. Man, we don't do enough burning in effigy anymore. Just what you said to Mellon uh, and what he said to you. Oh, Christ, Webby rolled his eyes. Come on, Webby, Hughes' partner said. Webby Garten rolled his eyes. Is burning an effigy a hate crime now? And began again. No. Five. Why else would you burn it if you didn't hate that person? Garten saw the two of them. You have no response? Hate is not a crime. Thank you. And there we go. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Five. Sean's like, don't fucking leave me hanging. (laughs) Jesus. Turning me into Pennywise over here. <laughs> they all float. Just leave them hanging. Hey-o. Five. Well, that was a stretch. Yeah. I don't know how to make things end. Okay. <laughs> yes, you do. Shut up, writer. Yeah. It's all you do. Garten <laughs> saw the two of them, Melon and Haggerty, mincing along with their arms about each other's waists and giggling like a couple of girls. <laughs> At first, he actually thought they were a couple of girls. Then he point. Then he recognized Melon who had been pointed out to him before. As he looked, he saw Mellon turn to Haggerty. And they kissed briefly. Oh, is that where the gay bashing comes from? Because, like, the first time you look, you think they're oh, girls, and man, you're all attracted. Barf. And then, like, you decide they're guys. So Webby like, cried disgusted. Chris Unwin and Steve Dubay were with them. When Webby pointed out Mellon, Steve Dubay said he thought the other fag was named Don somebody. And that he'd picked up a kid from Derry High, hitching, and then tried to put a few moves on him. Mellon and Haggerty began to 
move toward the three boys again, walking away from the pitch till you win and towards the connect, the cannery's exit, there, the Carney's exit. Webby Garden would later tell officers Hughes and Conley that this civic pride had been wounded by seeing a fucking faggot wearing a hat which said, I heart dairy. You fucking Rick Sanchez over there? What's going on? It was a silly Jesus. thing that had a paper intention with a top hat and a great big flower sticking up from the all top that out. and yeah, noddling about in every direction. The silliness of the hat apparently wounded Webby's civic pride even more. Civic? As Melon Hag- and it's Haggerty vicious. passed, <laughs> each with an arm linked around the other's waist, Webby Garten yelled out, I to make you eat that hat, you fucking ass bandit! Oh, wow. Melon turned toward Garten, fluttered his eyes flirtatiously, and said, If you want something to eat, hon, I can find something much tastier than my hat. At this point, Webby Garten decided he was going to rearrange the faggot's face and the geography of Melon's face. Mountains would rise and continents would drift. Nobody suggested he sucked the root. Nobody. He stared toward Melon. Melon's friend Haggerty alarmed, attempted to pull Melon away, but Melon stood his ground, smiling. Garton would later tell Officer Hughes and Conley that he was pretty sure Melon was high on something. So he was. Haggerty would agree that the idea was passed on to him by Officers Gardner and Reeves. I'm pretty sure O'Brien just wanted to read this book so he'd have an excuse to say faggot a lot. He was That's high in the two fried accurate. dough boys. I deeply apologize to all my <laughs> LGBTQ friends, by the way. IP. By the way, O'Brien was using the word beforehand anyway, so don't. Yeah. He's lying to you. He was high he in the two fried dough boys. Sorry, not coming. sorry. He also uh, defended the attackers of 9 11. It was really mm-hmm. horrible. On the carnival, on the whole day. And he's pissed about DACA. He had been consequently unable to recognize the real menace. He which streamers. Webby Garten represented. He said Nazis were fine people. Some that was really Adrian, good people, Don said, using a tissue to wipe his eyes and smearing the spangled eyeshadow he was wearing. He didn't have much in the way of protective coloration. He was one of those fools who think things really are going to turn out all right. He might have been badly hurt, but or he might have been badly hurt there, and if Garton hadn't felt something tap his elbow, it was a nightstick. He turned his head to see Officer Frank Mackin, another Fish member sticks. of Derry's Finest. Never mind, little buddy, Mackin told Garton. Mind your business. Leave those little gay boy bo- gay boyos alone. Have some fun. Did you really call me? Garton asked hotly. He was now joined by Unwin and Dubay, the two of them, smelling trouble. Uh, tried to urge Garton up on the midway, but Garton shrugged them away. Would have turned on would have turned on them with his fists if they had persisted. His masculinity had borne an insult, which had fe- uh, which he felt must be avenged. Nobody suggested he suck the root. Nobody. Stephen King's not an LGBTIP, is he? LGBTQIP. What's IP? Uh, intersex and pan. Got it. Uh, no. Mm. No, he's, he's just a cisgender. Ugh, why are we reading this drivel then? <laughs> Agreed. Have you read any of his books? You said you didn't read all me? of this. Yeah. Um, I read, no, I've never completed an entire book. I mm. read a lot of, um, what was it? 11, 11, 23, 63, something, 63. Okay. The, the most recent one. It was oh, a new okay. Hulu movie too. Gotcha. I, I, it was literally that same day, whatever the date was on the title. Mm-hmm. It was that same day I was about oh, to fly and so I bought to, it yeah. and I read about 
like 600 pages on the flight. It's like mm. 800 pages long. I never finished it. <laughs> so, gotcha. uh, and then I read, I, I flipped through it. I've mm. never, I've never read the whole thing, but no, I, and, um, I read some of the stand. Hmm. No, I've never read a complete Stephen King book. It's just long, yeah, but yeah. it's good. Like, especially wow. after seeing it, I really hmm. want to read this fucking book. I, I could see that, but I don't know. I, I listened to all of Dreamcatcher, um, which okay. uh, that's a lot of what informs my opinion of Stephen King's, all of his books being like half children and half adults. Yeah. And like, that's just kind Fair of like enough. the whole thing. Um, I mean, the first book I was ever going to read was going to be The Stand, mm. but then I read so much of Eleven, whatever the fuck, whatever. When, what day was Kennedy shot? November twenty second, nineteen sixty three. That's the okay. title of the book. Oh, gotcha. <laughs> right anyway, I don't think it's is it eleven twenty second? Might be the twentieth. Twenty third. I'll look. Eleven twenty two is a good numerology number. Oh, then that's what it is. Then probably November twenty second. Yeah. Okay, so that's the title of the book. Those are both power 11, numbers. Eleven twenty two sixty three. If you're into numerology, Powerball, power numbers, eleven, twenty-two, six-three, one. Uh, I don't know about six, six, three, nine. Uh, what what no, Powerball issues? Um, the most powerful. Thirteen. Uh, did you hear what he called me? Blah 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 blah. blah. And I said, no. uh, I don't believe he called you anything. Mackin replied, and you spoke to him first, I believe. Now, move on, Sonny. I don't want to have to tell you again. He called me a queer. <laughs> and you're worried you might be then. Makin asked, <laughs> seeming to be honestly interested. And Garden <laughs> flushed a deep, ugly red. During this exchange, Haggerty was trying with increasing desperation to pull Adrian Mellon away from the scene. Now, at last, Mellon was going. Ta-ta, love, Adrian called cheekily over his shoulder. Shut up, candy ass, Mackin asked. Get out of here. Garton made a, hu- Garton made a lunge at Mellon, and Mackin grabbed him. I can run you in, my friend, Mackin asked. And the way you're acting, it might not be such a bad idea. Next time I see you, I'm going to hurt you. Garton bellowed after the departing pair. Heads turned to stare at him. And if you're wearing that hat, I'm going to kill you. This town don't need no faggots like you. Without turning, Mellon wagged the fingers on his left hand. The nails were painted cerise. C-E-R-I-S-E. What? Cerise? <laughs> Psoriasis? Uh, C-E-R-I-S-E. Cerise. And put an extra little wiggle in his walk. Garton lunged again. Uh, one more word. You two move in, you go. Mackin said mildly. Trust me, my boy. For I mean exactly what I say. Cerise. A bright or deep red color. Come on, Webby. Chris Unwood said uneasily. Mellow out. You guys like that? Webby asked Mackin. I think it's Cerez. Ignoring Chris and Steve completely. Cerez? Huh? About the bum punchers. I'm neutral, Mackin said. What I'm really in favor of is peace and quiet. And you are upsetting what I like, Pizza Face. Now, now, do you want to go get around with me or what? (sighs) Come on, Webby, Steve DeBay said quietly. Let's go get some hot dogs. (laughs) <laughs> chili dog Webby Second on chili dog. Yeah it's a phallic Outside of tasty freeze <laughs> hey, Let's go get some Tasty freeze Tasty freeze yeah, no. Webby went Straining his shirt Stop. With exaggerated moves And brushing the hair I out like of his tasty eyes. freeze though. Mockin <laughs> Who also gave a statement On the morning Followed Adrian Mello's death Said 
The last thing I heard him say as him and his buddies walked off, next time I see him, he's going to be in serious hurt. Mm, that's the big kind of hurt. Six. Please, I got to talk to my mother, Steve DeBay said for the third time. I've got... I've got to get her to the mill. I've got to get her to mellow out my stepfather, or there's going to be uh, one hell of a punching match when I get home. <sighs> In a little while, Officer Charles Averino told him. Both Averino and his partner, Barney Morrison, <laughs> knew that Steve Dubay was not going to be home tonight, and maybe not for many nights to come. The boy did not seem to realize just how heavy this particular bust was, and Averino would not be surprised when he learned later on that Dubay had left school at age 16. At the time, he was still in Water Street Junior High. His IQ was 68, according to the Welsher he had taken uh, during one of the three trips through the seventh grade. Tell us what happened when you saw Mellon come out of the Falcon, Morris invited. No, man, I better not. Well, why not? Averino asked. I already talked too much, maybe. You came in to talk, Averino said. Isn't that right? Well, yeah, but... <sighs> Listen. Morrison said warmly, sitting down next to Dubay and shooting him a cigarette. You think me and Chick here like fags? I don't know. Do we look like fags? No, but we're your friends, Steve-O, Morrison said solemnly. Oh, did you guys see there's a new app that can identify gay people by their photo? And believe me, it's you crazy. and Chris Webby need all the friends you can get just about now. Because tomorrow, every bleeding like heart in this accurate. town is going to be screaming for you guys' blood. It's scary. Steve Dubay looked dimly ashamed. Chechnya, I mean, you know, it can be... Averino, who could almost read this hairbag's pussy little mind, suspected he was thinking about his stepfather He's again. Reading. And although Averino had Boy, no liking shit. for Derry's small gay community like every other... This is fucked up this is so hard to read right now this is really fucking fucked up well, yeah this is like you know we we already decided that the like adult portion is the it? fucking boring portion i know how many times <laughs> I, just, I want to get to like the part where like and i don't know i mean i've read it all right here's the end of it so okay so let me get to the fucking end of this fucked up shit okay i'm gonna try i don't know what's happening i feel like i just keep reading. well that's my that's my problem with fucking stephen king like even when i was listening to uh the fucking dream catcher it's just so rambly and like circles back over everything i said it before but i feel like the guy gets paid by the word like it is literally how thick the volume is that matters the most yeah i guess that's fair i oh, this is so much i like fucking... that thick volume yeah <laughs> It's uh, robust and compressed. It's good. It's just hard to read out loud is the problem. I'm trying to find Pennywise if he shows up. In the uh, adult chapter? We've always been here, Sean. Yeah. They all float. All right. Let me, let me skip to this part. You should shake his chair. Georgie. I'm going to skip to 10. Section 10 of chapter 2. This is still during the thing. No, I'm going to skip to 11. Chapter so 11? The, the end of, well, it's Bankruptcy. part 10. Uh, so I goes on. I got to go home. And Webby goes, you scared to go to the little queer bar? And I go, fuck, oh, fuck no. And Steve's little high. Steve's still high or something. And he says, let's go grease some queer meat. Let's go grease some queer meat. Let's go grease. 11. Grease some queer meat? The timing was just just right enough so that things worked out wrong for everyone. Adrian Mellon and Dan, Don Haggerty came out of the Falcon after two beers, walked up past the bus station, and then linked hands. Isn't Don Haggerty a country singer? 
Neither. That's <laughs> Fogarty, I think. Oh. <laughs> neither of them. Still not really country. Neither of them. Thank God. Well, it was a good time. <laughs> it was a good time. Yeah. Finally, let's go to this last part. I'll read this last part. Um. Yeah, you read it. You read it good. Help! Help! They're killing him! Help! Please, for God's sake! Help! A very small voice whispered from Don Haggerty's left. And then there was a giggle. Bombs rush! Don's was... Ye- Garton was yellow now. Yelling and laughing, all three of them Haggerty told him. Bombs rush! Bombs rush! Blah, 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 blah. Haggerty looked down and saw the clown. And it was at this point that Gardner and Reeves began to discount everything that Haggerty said, because the rest was raving of a lunatic. Later, however, Harold Gardner found himself wondering. Later, when he found that the Unwind boy had also seen the clown, or said he had, he began to have second thoughts. His partner either never had them or would never admit to them. The clown, Haggerty said, looked like a cross between Ronald McDonald and that old TV clown Bozo, or so he had thought at first. It was the wild tufts of orange hair that brought such comparisons to mind, but later consideration had caused them to think the clown really looked like neither. Bozo was where you guys grew up, right? The smile yes. painted over the Every- white pancake was No, red. it wasn't everywhere. Yeah. yeah, I don't think he was in the West Coast. Uh, he was broadcast yeah. out of Chicago. I went yeah, there a couple a of times. Clown. but yeah. They had like Bozo. Not yeah. orange, and the eyes were a weird shiny silver. Contact lenses, perhaps. But a part of him thought then, and... Not continued to think that maybe that silver had been the real color of those eyes. He wore a baggy suit with big orange pom-pom buttons on his hands were cartoon gloves. If you need help, Don, the cartoon said. Help yourself to a balloon. And it offered the bunch it held in one hand. They float, the clown said. Down here, we all float. Pretty soon. Your friend will float, too. Thank you for listening to another episode of Literally Literary. Remember to uh, check out all the lovely shows at Fawcast.com. We've got Going Down on Fawcast.com. Fawcast.com. Politinkering. Text Before Calling. Wild Wild Westworld. And, uh, oh yeah, this show. Literally Literary. Going Down on South Park. I said that one first. We're going to do that shit now after It bears feeds. repeating because we... Oh, know. yeah. It's the new season of South Park. Pretty so, stoked. Uh, so join us, won't you? Very excited for this. Mm.